Hey everybody, I'm Joel Madden, and this is Artist Friendly. On this episode, I'm talking with Grammy-nominated country artist, Mickey Guyton. Let's go. Smoking out piff, that's my kind. I don't want no bad times. I don't want to have bad I feel like that's the most important thing in life is are your kids healthy? Yeah. And then are they happy? Yeah. Right? Are they going through the world and developing? And, yeah. And then everything else is just details. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like my son, Grayson, I'll show you some pictures later, but he- How old is he? Two and a half. Oh, that's great. Yes. So he's like talking and we're going to start potty training. That's great. <laughs> All of the things. That, but he is- Oh, that's great. He is such a beautiful, beautiful boy with just such a great heart. But that is like, I just want to make sure that I'm around for him. So anytime I'm in my car, I'm like, I say a prayer. Be I safe. put my phone down. Like- Yes. Stuff like I never- Like how, I, how I'm alive now is a miracle <laughs> because, you know, we were all so reckless when we were so much younger. But- now that I have my son, like I'm just like I just want to be there for. What him. do you think was the most reckless thing about your youth? Oh man, I mean, there's I'm sure there's plenty, but I had severe road rage. Oh wow! <laughs> oh my god! Really? You're oh. a road rager? I don't really see you as a road rager. I had such road rage until I moved back to, to I'm not the a, south. I'm not a road rager. Oh, I was I'm, like I'm I was like Louis C.K. like ragers. you worthless piece of shit person. I'm like that is not me. Wow. <laughs> I really was. I would risk my life to prove a point. It was really? really bad. Yes. It really was. And then I moved to Nashville. What do you think that is? I don't know. I don't know if it was like the Texas in me where you just can drive really fast. Maybe. And, and here you can't. I'm like, terrified. You're in of, I'm terrified of road rage. Oh, you would have been terrified of me for sure. And I'm a terrible driver. Oh, I'm a great driver. No, I am a good driver. I drive like I'm on a go-kart track. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'm not like that. <laughs> But um, I yeah. think I'm a good driver, but I hear I'm a bad driver. From, I'm a great driver from my family. I am. I am a great driver, but I was a crazy driver. But my wife drives. Oh, she's the one that drives. When we go, she's places. the one. I used to be that for my husband. I used to be the one that drove all the time. She does that family. thing where every time you're pulling into like traffic slowing down, she's like, <laughs> <laughs> put your hand right there. Put your hand right there. <laughs> every time we think I'm going to drive, we pull over and switch. she's like, no, I'm done. Yeah. Well, I'm a good driver, but I had road rage. And then once I lived in Nashville, and really when I moved there, there was like, it was like a college town is what it felt like yeah. before it like blew up. I know you've been to Nashville. Yeah, it's really changed it's over the last so 15 years. It's been crazy. Yeah. I love Nashville. I love Nashville. I like to visit Nashville, but I don't know if I could live there full time. Where do you live? I live in East Nashville. I have a place in East Nashville and we have a house here. Okay. So we're back and forth because my husband's a lawyer. Okay. He practices out here. What kind of law? He does complex civil litigation. So he does like class actions. Wow. He represents, I know I got myself a smart man. Yeah. I'm smart. <laughs> you know, I'm a musician and you never know when we're going to get paid. So I've got a consistent paycheck from my husband. That's and he great. started his own law firm. And so, um, so we're back and forth and we've been back and forth, but Every time I go back to Nashville, I, it's become such a tourist place Yeah, that I just, I don't think I can live there full time. My brother lives there. Does he? My older brother. Where does he live? He lives in Franklin. Well, Franklin's good. Yeah, it's nice. Franklin is nice. It's a, it's a, it's a picturesque. Very suburban. Yeah. It's, very. A, it's a very nice life. It's a very like, and it's close enough to Nashville. He probably has a massive got freaking a, compound. He's got a, he's got a nice house. He's my older brother. Yeah. So 
but we're all really close. My twin brother, obviously, yeah. we, we we were in the band together. Well, yeah. we're in the band together. Yeah. Uh, but we do everything together. But we all work together. Uh-huh. And um, he lived in New York for two decades, came out here for almost a whole decade. And then um, was like, I need to get my family to, he has a daughter. Like, I want to go somewhere that's more family centric. Well, don't look at Broadway Uncensored on Instagram because no, that I won't. is like. Now I'm going to. I didn't... You have to yeah. actually. Like if anybody listening, like go on Broadway Uncensored if you want to know what Nashville is like. What it's really like. Oh my God. Well, at least, you know, Nash Vegas. Yeah. But outside of that, it's good. It's good. It's it's fun, Nashville. Yeah. For like. But you, yeah. You wait, I guess be... that I, I'm in that industry so much. So it's like. It really is a small town. Like you can't get on a flight. I mean, you probably fly private, but us normal people over here. No, I, I don't. I don't fly private. <laughs> okay, well, the more you live in Nashville and you you know the community, like you can't get on a flight without, without knowing somebody. Someone, you can't yeah. go to the airport without seeing someone. Right. So you know, especially me as a girl and an artist, when I don't have my wig on and my extensions and all of that, like <laughs> it's very uh, daunting. Going in that world. I could see how it would be hard in entertainment to be a woman. Oh, my God. I always think about how hard. We live in a. In a and in add a, mom to that. And then a mom. Yeah. Like, I mean, I your wife. I mean, hello. I think she's in, she handles it incredibly well. Yeah. Because I've watched. We've been together for almost 17 years. It's 17 years in November. Uh, and I've watched her navigate the world with a lot of grace. Because people, it's interesting, people just create a narrative and then they just create yeah. a headline and then that becomes a another little like yeah. talking point. Yeah. And then you go out and you're promoting something that you, you've created that you love mm-hmm. or you're talking to the world about something you care about and they're bringing up these like non, actually they're not even real, but they're narratives that have been perpetuated and created by you're like, so you're on the soup diet. So tell us about that. You're yeah, like, you're like, I'm not on the soup diet. I've never done the soup diet in my life. I actually eat hamburgers every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And 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 I think with women, we're all we live in a culture that's so comfortable. Yes. Talking about what you're wearing, yes. how you look, uh, yes. what we think you're doing to yes. look that way. Uh, like Ozempic and all of it. <laughs> yeah. And like it's just crazy to me that we're we're allowed to just that someone's allowed the to write that. The pressure that we have for sure. The pressure is so bad. Like I did, I was like, "What is this Ozempic thing?" I was like, "Let me just try this out and like see does it work." You did? I tried it for like how was it? Oh my god! I just did it for like a month, okay. not even a month. Like I did it like t- two weeks, and like you do one shot and then you yeah. do it again. And I did the second shot and it made me so sick. Like, well, I've never thrown up that loud in my life. Wow. And that was when I stopped. So how people do that consistently, I have no idea. I actually think these things are good things, right? Yeah. For the right for the people who, who need, need them. it. Yes. yes. My ass did not need it. I would say from my perspective. <laughs> I'm not one to sit here and judge Judge, who needs who needs what. I didn't. So I'm always one that I don't judge. I really don't judge anyone. Yeah, that's okay. If you're gonna do something, go go do it. Uh, Now I'll tell you from my perspective. If I think 
doing these drugs are bad or yeah. doing that. Like, well, yeah. the, the information that I've received is, I'll say, it's because I work with a lot of artists and yeah. I'm like, well, I, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, from my perspective, I think this is what usually happens yeah. when you do that, right? Yeah. Um, but it's your life. And uh, if I can be a, of any support for your health and happiness, I'm Don't here for it. that. Uh, but I'm not your father, so yeah. I, I can't yeah. tell you what to do. But I also think everyone's got to live their life and mm -hmm. try the things they want to try and do the things they want to do. Well, I learned my lesson. I can tell you that. Sounds like it. Oh, my God. But I don't think it's – I think things get – they get headlined as everyone's doing this. And I don't know if everyone is doing it. Yeah. Um, and I don't. I might say, and I don't a know. Lot if it's of them a, are, though, <laughs> and maybe, but I don't know if it's a bad thing or a good thing. Yeah. I don't know. We don't know yet because yeah. we haven't gotten down the road far enough. Yeah. I do know that I, from what I've read, they've been around a long time. Yes, these drugs, and it feels like for the right candidates, it really helps. Yes, um, for the right candidates, not yeah. like I, it was such a vain reason. But I so did personal, it. though. I was like, why did I do that? Like, I didn't never needed to do that. Well, you felt like you needed to try it. Yeah, I did. I was like, you know, I respect like, that. You know, I'm trying to compete with all these. Well, that's the real thing yeah. that I, I kind of feel like it's like, forget that you tried it. Yeah. Cool. Like, I'm sure we, and, and we all try stuff. Yeah. Um, Whatever it is that made you feel like you needed to try yeah. it is probably the real. That was the real reason. Yeah. The, the real thing to look at is yeah. like, how does the world make me feel about myself or the world that I'm in? Yeah. Or that I'm trying to compete with, maybe, or I feel yeah. like I'm trying to compete with. Because I've never with. had any, I mean, I've had some people fat shame me before. That's weird. Isn't that weird? And it was like right after I had my baby, too. I was like, wow. That's tough. It was. It really, really was. I had some people say some really, really mean things to me. So I like. I've gotten fat shame before. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. Like back in what the Renaissance era, like, it being like voluptuous meant you had money. It meant you could eat. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and now we're like trying to look like we're starving ourselves. Some but people. But guys are still, but you know, like guys, y'all are lucky. Y'all don't not have fair. the same pressure. It's not fair. That's the thing is I have like a 20 pound fluctuation I could have. Right. If I'm like off. Right. If I don't have to. Especially when you're in the studio. You know, or like you're, food. you know, the last 10 years I've been building things and they're not, it's not outwardly facing. It's like building companies. So right. I've been at a desk a lot doing like Zooms and or lunch meetings or dinner meetings or whatever. And then you have kids. So pasta you, bar meetings. Pasta bar meetings. Um, and then you have kids. So when you're raising kids, you're not necessarily. You're you know, eating their snacks. And you can't go to the gym like. You, no. When you when I was in my twenties, like I get up, go to the gym, yeah, and then do go to the studio, whatever, yeah. And then also when you're on tour, the way we used to tour, three hundred shows a year. That's the whole damn year. And we would just be, and that's like a two hour workout every night. You're just like burning. So you're in the best shape. Of thousands your life. of calories. Just yeah. Like you didn't have to think about. It. You could eat yeah. whatever you wanted. And then you get older, and you're like, you don't. You can't. You don't like just lose weight overnight. Yeah. I think I also felt pressure because like I have, you know, there's like the working mom influencers, right? Yeah. It's, it's And they start the day with a little story. 
are you moving today? No, bitch, I'm not moving today. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm actually sitting here watching Coco Melon and eating my child's fruit snacks. I'm eating whatever <laughs> so my kid wants to eat. Yes. I'm, eat, I'm yes. grazing on it all, yes. all day long. I'm eating cinnamon crunch. And, and I feed my kids terrible food. You know, I, I just want doesn't. them to eat. You know, Nicole is like a a, a a very healthy person. Yes, she is. She just has an a, awareness of and an understanding of like she can look at something and tell. Feels to me like her. her she's a whole foods person. Yeah, she's. An, I'm a. I'm. I'll go to McDonald's. I'll take my kids to McDonald's. They're McDonald's like, oh. mac and cheese. Yeah, whatever it is that he wants, I will give him. Yeah, I'm the same way. And I think I'm a, I, I, I grew like up Reese's on- Like Reese's Puffs, you know, yeah. that's great. Travis Scott Reese's Puffs. Yeah, oh, those that's are the what calls. you're giving your children. Of course. I got the terrible cereal. We have this like- fun. I mean, we're all right. We had that, right? I grew up we on- We grew up on fish sticks. I grew up on terrible food. Like the, mi the canned mixed vegetables. We also probably have like lead in us. We've got a lot of things in us. A lot of- Don't we have lead in us? I feel like Nick said the other day, we have like all our generation- Still has lead, or we're we the first without uh, lead. You might still have lead from the paint and the gasoline. Yes, definitely have lead. Like, how are we still alive? I think truly. I actually think that that the, the my mom and my sisters chew on chicken bones. We did too. <laughs> we played with chicken bones. <laughs> That's my mom did the same thing with my sisters. Like, what was wrong with us? I think it's something like I don't know if it's if it's spiritual or somewhere to me, like somewhere in people's idea of God, oh my and, God. And, and science to me, it's all wrapped mm -hmm. together. Like mm -hmm. the creation, right? right. However you want to believe the creation. I, I grew know, up Southern Baptist. So okay. You so you can imagine what that was. Right. So I grew up in a very religious uh, family. And, and is it not the most traumatizing thing? It's unfortunate. Cause it could be such a, it's, it's such an important, did you do like vacation Bible school? And all of that? course, oh. <laughs> Christian camp. Salty, salty, the singing songbook and Odyssey, and that was my life. <laughs> the idea is good, though. It is good. It's when people take the idea and start trying to apply it in places. Maybe it could be applied, but like it's the people that mess it up. Have you seen Jesus Camp? No. It's a documentary. We went to Bible camp though. It was tremendous. We all did, you know. Um, if you if you go, it's called Jesus Camp. I think you can see it on Hulu, and it was re released in two thousand six. And it is like, it might be a little triggering to you. It probably is, but like you see, like a six year old literally sobbing his eyes out, talking about the sinner he is. I'm like, what fun? are you a sinner of? Like. <laughs> We went to Bible camp this you're year. You're six and you're like. So how did you end up in country music? Is it just because you're. Well, I grew, grew up, up in Texas. I grew, and, up, I grew up listening to it. Like my grandmother loved Dolly Parton. Like my, Dolly Parton. So my one grandma loved Dolly Parton and my other grandma loved Westerns. So whichever house I was at, like I watched Westerns with my dad's mom, my grandma D. And she loved Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> she called him Chucky Baby is what she called him. So I watched that with her. Then I would go over to my other grandma's house and they all lived in like the Waco, Texas area. I know. Yeah. David Koresh. I know. 
And um, a lot of people, a lot of kids now wouldn't likely know that, but they wouldn't, but we know. know. Yeah. Yeah, Like it was just like crazy. uh, I remember seeing tabloids and he was calling himself Jesus. He's wild. He's wild. So, um, terrible. And and so I would go over at my grandma's house and she was really poor. And all she would have were like the Roots VHS tapes along with like Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton duets VHS tapes. And she would also have fried green tomatoes and all these Southern movies. So that's just what I watched. And I, you know, I grew up in an era of Leanne Rimes and I wasn't like a, a, it's so weird that you just have to pick a genre. You know, like like we love all music. It's it's like it's weird that you put yourself in whatever box that makes sense for you. I just liked voices. Like yeah. that's what I loved listening to. And you know, I loved Leanne Rhymes. I also loved Dolly Parton, but I also loved Whitney Houston. I loved Good Charlotte. Like I just loved music, and I feel like that's what it is today. I was working with this woman who wrote books and she wrote uh, screenplays and she wrote like Bring It On and Stick It and her name was Jessica Bendinger. Okay. And I was singing demos. I was living out here and I was singing demos and I was going to school. At what age? I was at 24. Okay. Yeah, so I was here. And um, I remember I was doing some demo work for her and she was like, Mickey, like, do you sing country music? And I was like, well, yeah, I love country music. Like, what do you mean? And she was like, she goes, you sound so country in your records. Like, would you ever consider seeing country music? I was like, well, I would love to, but I like, there's nobody like me there. Like, what? Yeah. There's, there was literally nothing. Especially, yeah. Then it's like it's crazy. Like they didn't even have Darius at the time. Yeah. Like, all they had was like I Charlie love Pride. I love Darius. Too. He is so, He's so awesome. Iconic. He is. He is. He is like. What a guy. What a guy. What an artist, yes, too. Yes, yes, he is. And what a what a what a legacy of To life. then to go and have this massive country career. Because Hootie and the Blowfish was country to me. Very much so. Like, like Mike Dungan over at Capitol, like that's why he signed him. Because yeah. he said that that's country. And and but the nineties was so And that's what it's, country music sounds like now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know people love Darius, but I feel like one day I believe it will be under a microscope. Uh-huh. Will it will be written about the influence that that guy's had on music? Yeah, period. Period. And period. Certainly, he's loved, but I think there's so much credit due to uh, like the, when you think about '90s radio yeah. rock. Yeah, and as a whole world, it's still just kind of to me we're realizing how important. I mean, we of course we know that music was important, but I yeah. think it's like. Something about the legacy of music, yeah, in all weave throughout that, and he was in the nineties. That such was such a like piece of that part of the fabric, yeah. and then what he's done. In, we say in country music, but that's only because we perceived Hootie yeah. to not be country. It yeah. was country to but me, but he was, yeah. Um, so his legacy of music, I just think he's he's yeah. like brilliant. Yeah. So at the time, you know, I didn't. I think it was like divine intervention because you know I was out here. I didn't know exactly what I was going to be doing. I just loved music. And after Jessica was like, you you could sing, like you sound country to me. And I was like, well, I love it, but I don't even know how to get there. Like right. how what do, how does one even get there? How do you break into country? Yeah. It's, like, it's a world that is And itself. so I randomly knew this guy who used to be, or was Nick Cannon's DJ. Okay. From while on out. His name is DJ D-Rec. Okay. And he knew a guy named Julian Raymond, who at the time was working over at Warner, and he was, I don't know, VP of a and I don't know what right. he was doing. 
and he introduced me to Julian and I started working with Julian and then he introduced me to my uh, then management that at the time they'd managed like Lady, or they're called Lady A now. Right, Lady A. Not Lady Antebellum. Right. But Lady A, they managed Keith Urban. Um, they managed Faith Hill, Dwight Yoakam. And so I started working with them. And um, the next thing I know, I was out in capital Nashville. And at the time, I was like couch surfing here because I knew I was going to eventually move to, to Nashville. I just didn't know how to get there. But I did a demo sang for the the president at the time, Mike Dungan, who then was chairman, who's now t- retired. But I sang for them in their office during CMA Fest. Yeah. Which I felt like you should be a part of CMA Fest or something. I love like country that. music. Yeah. I have so many friends in country music. Yeah. People don't look at me as like a country You're guy. totally country vibe. Like, have you not but, been listening to like Hardy and stuff? But like, that's the like, thing is to me, like modern country is, is guys yeah. like me who were fans of country. Yeah. But maybe felt like we weren't, allowed to come participate oh they would freaking and, die and then you guys i think it's evolved now to this yeah. new country oh yeah is like it is everybody yeah because i go to country shows i'm friends with a lot of i mean luke combs is like a really yeah. good friend of mine and yeah. we have a funny we, we we have a funny like connection because we think we're related but That's um so funny. somehow yeah uh but i have been a fan of his from the beginning yeah and there's a bunch of guys in country that I just, I, I love going to country shows. Yeah. Love the audience. Yeah. I love, the audience is so great. I love being in the crowd. Yeah. And I it's think- It's a thing. Yes. But it the label country, it fucks up things sometimes because people people start trying to tell you what country is. It's so I'm like, so I don't think weird. that's true. I just don't, like, that is one thing that bothers me is there's so many different forms of it now. Like yeah. it's gone to, it's it's expanding into so many different worlds. That well, if you I, listen to some country songs now, modern yeah. country songs, I always hear songs that could have been on our record. That's what I'm like, saying. All day. All freaking day. Like I listen to stuff, I'm just like, I, I don't know. Like people are so quick to tell, they don't do that in any other genre. No one even thinks about it. Nobody even thinks about it. But in country, someone's always trying to say, you're not country. And you're like, but why? Like to who? Like to who? Like I like legitimately, like I know, like I'm a a city girl now, I guess you could say. But I used to have a thick ass Southern accent. So much so that my cousins in Georgia. I worked because my, my cousins from Georgia. Okay, Georgia, we're making fun of my accent. Well, because to me, Atlanta is like such a metropolitan. Yeah. Georgia is, it's interesting. Like, but yeah, a, a, a heavy Southern accent. I like it, but of course, I would, if you like, have People made it, fun of me so bad. Like, I, I had a Maryland like, accent. Okay, so you worked through your, people made fun of you too. Yeah, because you'd say words and people would yeah, be like, what did you yeah. say? Boot. Yeah, and I I was like ben. so southern, y'all. Like I really was. Yeah, I was. That's and- a lot more charming than Maryland. <laughs> Maryland, but we like, have don't these you words love the Brothers here. Osborne? Like they're so great. Yes, they, like they're there's a whole vibe of there's um, a real accent though. Yeah, that comes out of there. it's true. They don't really have one, but I don't know why they they want to call like they, there's so many people that want to say what is and what isn't country. Yeah, I, I, they have a lot of time on their hands. Like America as a whole is country. It really is. Period. Everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, whether you're in Bakersfield, go to Seattle. Like, just you'll, like you'll find it. I'm anywhere. Like there, like America is 
a southern like everybody you'll find a pocket of it there so um that's what i lived and that's what i grew up and that's why i i did fall in love with country music like but again i fell in love with all music like i loved shania yeah i recently opened for her how's that it was awesome like her audience is so diverse yeah like you have everybody from the conservative side to the left side to i mean left right yes that to me (laughs) though is country like that's modern country i i that's the thing that i like that i like about it yeah you actually have a a large group of people that are coming together with something they agree on. Yeah. It's when we start weaponizing things against people that we don't know. Like when you weaponize weaponize God, that. Man, that's evil. I think it's evil. I, there was a minute there where I was getting a lot of online hate for calling out racism. Okay. And the things that were said to me. Just, Just pure hate, hate. Pure evil. Some of the most atrocious things that anybody would ever say. It likely, was like it was like the road rage person that I was. Likely someone who, if you looked at their presentation of themselves, yeah, on their socials, that's yeah. all we can go by, right? Yeah. If we don't know someone, yeah, um, they always had a Bible verse. They look, their... they present as this loving, yeah, that their ideal in life mm-hmm. is love, mm-hmm. right? Which is God, right? The yep. idea of God and God, you yep. know, your my belief, anyways, mm-hmm. and it says it in the Bible: that God is love. That's um, it. Um, Period. So they present this, but then they fire hate bombs. Yeah, it's so strange to me. Yeah, and like I would look, and it'd be like some forgiveness Bible verse or like a cross or something. I'm like, the math ain't mathin'. Like this makes no sense. The math doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. Also, you're a person, from what I understand. Yeah, you experienced. A lot of racism oh in your God. early life. Oh my God! Oh yeah, moved around schools and stuff. I I lived in Crawford, Texas, like near George, former President George Bush's ranch, and we were supposed to go to China Springs. Mm-hmm. That was the public school we were supposed to go to, and we had some, my some family friends that their selling point at that school was that there were no black kids. That went oh my there. God! So I actually went to. A private school, an all-white private school. And, I mean, even in my neighborhood, the neighborhood I lived in, the subdivision that was literally right on, we were the only black kids in the neighborhood. Um, My brother and I were playing outside, and two kids rode there, and the school bus were hanging out the window, and they started calling us the N-word. That's terrible. I know. I was like 10. But it's taught like those kids. That's the other thing with me with kids. In my opinion, they don't. Yeah. They don't just. They just repeat what they hear. They just see it and they repeat it. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes real because they they grow up and they become real people in the yeah. world and they make at some point kids become conscious. Yeah. And they make decisions. Yeah. And choices. Yeah. And likely repeat the models that they yeah. grew up in. Yeah. Cause I, some I'm not gonna lie, I've cussed in front of my two year old son. Uh, yeah, I don't really have a problem with. I don't either. Till my son was like, "Oh shit!" And I was like, Fuck. "Yes." Fuck. I said, "What my- did you say? You said truck." No. And you were like, "Shit!" You said sheep. You said sheep, Grayson. And he used it in the proper context, and that's when I knew. 
I told I tell my kids I don't care what words you use; it's how you use them and yeah. when you use them and, and how you're. What, I mean, obviously he he's like gonna, he still hears me, but yeah. My kids aren't big; they don't cuss a lot, but like, but I do believe it's more about how we use the words. Yeah. Than, than and and so if you're excited and you're cursing, that's great. If you're using, Dad, guess what the fuck I did? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So you're in an all-white neighborhood yeah. in Texas, going to an all-white private school. And then an all-black church. Literally, you're the only black kids in your school. Mm-hmm. Is it you and your brother? Me and my brother and my two younger sisters. Wow. And actually, and in my grade, we had two others. Two other. Okay. But it was just us. How did your parents deal with that when you tell them that? You know, I wasn't one. Like You know, like kids, a lot of times, they keep it internalized. Right. And like my mom heard it. She was outside. What? She was the one that recalled the memory where I was like, oh my God, I forgot about that. Um, it would happen so long ago. I th- like sometimes I think like, especially in the South, you just kind of just carry on because that's all you can really do. Like you can't. That's crazy. It is. It is really crazy. I did get called the inward at a country show. Nobody stood up for me in that moment. I was the the lone wolf in that moment. Where was that? That was in. It was just once, or was it more? It was just once. In New York, Mm -hmm. upstate. Mm -hmm. It's pretty crazy upstate New York. Yeah, and I was like, just. It was crazy. Like the the person who we couldn't, I couldn't see who said it. Right, it's a crowd. But he was like, everybody's waiting for the, and I like looked up. That's 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 fucked. And I looked up because. Cause I was I was doing an after show signing, and I remember looking up and I couldn't find him, and all I could say was I just said God bless you, but and you heard people in the line t- to meet me. You heard a gasp. Right. Like, <gasps> I wonder why no one says anything. I wonder why everyone's standing there. You think it's? I think initial. They're more being completely mortified. Right. But I've like even I'm not a confrontational person when it comes to me. But I don't care where I am. If I see someone bullying someone, that's me. I'm not confrontational, but for if myself, I, I, I will say stand something. up. Yeah, I'll say something. Like and it doesn't matter. Like I will. I'll remove them. I will straight up be like, don't talk to them. Like like that's me. I'm so I'm instantly. I'm so not confrontational. Yeah. That when something sets me off, I I, I go down. over the top. That would probably be my road rage if something like that happened in my presence. Yeah. I would likely get, I would physically remove the person. Yeah. So that could be a problem in itself because, you you know, anything could happen. You never know who that person fucking is. But, um, yeah, you don't know what they have. But it, yeah. What state you're in. It would snap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nobody said anything. It's fucked up. It was. How do you recover from that? I recovered. It's like I've, my career path has been so weird and it recovered in such a weird way. I recovered by really trying to make sure that there was a space for black people in country music and a space for queer people in country music, a space for any person that you think is different in this genre of music. Right. Um, because we all have dreams and we all, they're valid and 
we need to see someone in this space that represents us so that we know that that dream can come true. Yeah. And so that was kind of how I coped with it. You know, first of all, I started talking about it. I'm not angry by any means. I'm not mad at whoever said that. But I I mean, it was so long That's ago. big. I, I mean, you. what do you do? You know, you can't. You, it's like they're the ones that look bad, not me. Yeah. I didn't say that. You did. And um, huh. And so I've... I've truly tr tried to fight to make sure that people have a space because that's important that, that they feel safe in that space. Don't you feel like someone that would say that li like lives in like a really shitty yeah. situation? Like I would be like, fuck off, go back to your hole. Yeah, I des I've, I've told people to fuck off, go back to your cubby hole. Go back to your little fucking hole where yeah. that, where, wherever, wherever that is. whatever hole you live in that that's yeah. okay. Like you have to be miserable that to say that. Gave you the confidence to yeah. say that has to be a little fucking yeah. delusional hole. Yeah. Because, or your fucking frontal cortex is not. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> doesn't doesn't exist. exist. It's yeah. so underdeveloped. Yeah. You are just dumb. Yeah. That's how I feel when I see people that are operating on such an, uh, on such a low level. Yeah. You're either not right in the head, yeah, developmentally something wrong with you, yeah, but not that that's not okay. Like you're you're living in like a dark place, yeah, and you have an underdeveloped brain, yeah, that you think that you can come into the group here, yeah, that's all here for this yeah. positive experience, uh -huh. and disrupt it like that mm -hmm. with with just pure evil, evil shit. It is that is that is pure toxic. Evil. Yeah. You know, I I have zero that's where I get really angry is like mm -hmm. where where someone who actually doesn't function on your level. Yeah. can pull you into their dysfunction. Yeah. And all of us cuz it shocks everyone and now everyone's looking at the the dysfunctional tool yeah. who's full of shit. Yeah. And they've suddenly gained some access. sort of relationship and access to yeah. the group that's decided yeah. we're here to do this good mm -hmm. thing. The problem with the world today, maybe, and I'm working it out in real time as we have these conversations, is well, that they have access to that, to yeah, us. Yeah. That, well, that's the whole the thing. That, and that's the hard part about social media, too, is they do have access to, to say whatever they want. And to have standing on some level. And I guarantee you, most people, you see, like, you see them. You see the comments. Like, no matter how much you try to avoid it, there will be one day where you do see it. Of course. And those words live on. And they live forever. They live on. It's a memory you're Even talking about Even if you're just now. like, people are like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You're like, no. like No, I'm, I get it. I, I'm not yeah. worried about that person. Yeah. It's what but they the said. Word, the words. Even when you know it's not true. And, and you'll probably, because you're an artist, go even further and go, how many people is that reckless, terrible psychopath? How many, yeah. How many little kids yeah. can't stand up for themselves? Mm -hmm. How many people don't feel like they have a platform to stand mm -hmm. up for themselves? How many people have to take that or feel yeah. like they have to take that? Because yep. truly we don't as humans have to do anything we yep. don't want to do, yep. but people would argue, yes, I do because I have bills yep. or I have a family or yep. I have, you know, and I understand. Yep. It's why I think we have to build out lives where if we want to speak up, we can. Yes. A lot of people feel like they can't, but they can because they have a dependency on the job, mm. or you know, they, they, there's aspects of their life that they feel out of control of. Yeah, 
it's easier said than done. It is easier said than done. But I always encourage people to try and diversify their life, whether it's financially Mm -hmm. or socially, however it is they Mm -hmm. feel like they can't survive if they lost that thing. Try to build out a life where you could survive if you lost. Yeah. That's the sad part when people have financial dependency on whatever that is. Yeah. And that's why I'm proud of my husband who's a lawyer who defends. Sounds like a smart guy. He's a very smart guy. And he he just, he defends the little people, not the corporations, but the people that can be taken advantage of, especially like immigrant workers that don't realize they have rights in this country and are treated like a modern day slave. It's, absolutely atrocious some mm. of the things that he sees and he fights for those people so you know isn't that interesting though you you ended up marrying someone who yeah. is a protector yeah and and almost a strategic mind yes to defend uh people he feels yeah. and groups of people yeah that he feels need to be defended yeah he committed his life to this yeah. career path if that's what he does. He does. Every day, every it's, week. It's like, it means so much to be married to someone who's so compassionate like that and has a brain to be able to separate. Like for me, I'm a very empathetic person. I'm an empath. You take so, your work home with you. Yes. And the words like hit me but he way separates. harder. And he's able to separate that. So even in my own respective career, at one point in time, he started his own Twitter account to defend me. Like there wasn't a tweet that didn't get a clap a back. response. <laughs> Love it. Hey, you know what? There were probably bots, but he still was clapping back. He sure he, was. He's got conviction. Tell me about your song with Kane Brown. How did that happen? So <laughs> I, um, my at the time managers recently signed an artist. Do you know Tyler Hubbard from Florida Georgia Line? Yes. What an angelic human. What a great guy. Like, you look at his persona from from FGL, and yeah, just, Florida, which Georgia I loved Line. all their songs, but like you looked at him, you think, this frat boy from Georgia, like whatever. And when my managers had signed him, he took an interest in wanting to write with me. And I'm like, why the hell does this guy want to work with me? Who's, and he's actually like a, an extremely talented songwriter. Super talented. Like super talented. Whenever really you're ready nice. to uh, Good Charlotte to do their country record, you should write it with Tyler. That's a great idea. I'm just saying. Like like I'm putting out the ideas. I'm firing away. Anyway, so Tyler. Um, I really like Tyler. Like, he have you met his wife, Haley? Uh, I think briefly. Equally angelic. Yeah. Like they're like just salt of God's green earth. Yeah, good people. Like they're good people. But anyway, he was stepping away from doing like just duets and he had this song that he wrote with B.B. Rexa Mm. that um, he wasn't going to put on his Who's also very nice, B.B. I I haven't met her yet. She's very nice. But she was really nice to give me this song. She's a sweetheart. Like I I want to meet her. You would love her. I would love to. B.B., I'm where you at? You guys will meet now. Yeah, we will. You put it out there. We will. We're putting it out there. And I just love what she stands for, body positivity and just being a badass bitch. But anyway, um, so they gave me this song and I just loved it so much. And we really still thought it would be a stronger of a song as a duet. Yeah. And so I didn't know who in country music that I could sing with. I had no idea. Right. And my, the now chairman of UMG, Cindy Mae, um, suggested 
Kane Brown. I love Kane Brown. I love him. He's cool. He's such a sh- painfully shy person. I wouldn't get that from him, but I'd have never met him. He but is, I'm a fan of his music. So. You, and I mean, that's another, I mean, this good Charlotte Country album, he's another person that you should I mean, collab with. We would die. Like, die. I'm putting this energy out there, okay? I've always wanted to make a country album. I'm I've putting never this felt, out there. I've now. never felt like I could. You would be right at home. I, like, I've always been afraid they of They would love you. Are you kidding me? Like, you would be a dream come true to Nashville. Seriously. I'm dead serious. Well, like you know, everybody would come out of the woodworks for you. I don't know if that's true. It's true. But I think we have a great a great relationship with country. Oh, they would love you. You would be like a dream come and true we, for and sure. We, I think we're truly fans of and have been forever. And you know, my 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 brother lives down there and we're opening an office down there. Okay, see. Um we're working with some really Cool country guys. See, I'm putting it out there. Uh, we tend to be more in the artist development. Uh, oh, great! So we find we like to find artists. Oh my god! Um, well, if I find there's really some, gra- there's a really great guy named Ryan Waters. I don't know Ryan. Just Waters. Check him out. Okay. Uh, and then there's another guy. Do you know Michael Warren? Probably. You would love Michael. He's got love- a song called Another Round. I do know that song. He is so he's such a good songwriter. Yeah. And he's Don't you love great, the songwriters out there? The that, best. It's the best in the world. I love country songwriters. Yeah. And, and and there's such a culture of songwriting yeah. that that's kind of, it's nice to think that talented people could find places where they can thrive. And I do think that Nashville has this like incredible community yeah. of people who are, are, are literally, they want to be songwriters. Yeah. Some of them want to be artists, but yeah. there's tons of people there that, that are, are passionate about songwriting. It's a culture. Yeah. It is. And it's like very family oriented. Yeah. So you walk it, you go in and write at 11. You're done, done by, by four. Five. Yeah, four. Yeah. Or five. Four or five. And yeah. then you go to Redwood or yeah. Winners and Losers and have a little drink. And yeah. then you go home and you're with your family by 630. It's really nice. Yeah. It is really, really nice. But um, so when my Cindy Mae suggested I ask Kane Brown, and I have a really hard time taking up space. Like someone described that in the best way possible, but like I don't ever want to bother anybody. Right. So it took everything in my being to hit up Kane and his DMs. And we follow each other. Like right. it's not, and we have a great rapport. I'm the same way. It's, that's so weird. I will not ask anyone for Why anything. Why are we like that? And yet I'm excited if someone asked me. I would be, it's like, it's an honor. When's your birthday? Uh, March 11th. Oh, I'm June 17th. Pisces. Okay. I'm a Gemini, Gemini. So I don't know what that means. But I, I thought maybe either. if you were a Gemini, like it would make sense, but yeah. I don't, it's gone. It might just be artistic. Maybe it's artistic. Shyness. Maybe, yeah. Or maybe it's the religious trauma. Maybe, maybe. it's that. Maybe. That could be it. So I hit him up and I slid into his DMs and he said, send me the song. So I sent him the song. And he said yes. And I was like, great. And then nothing for months because he's so busy. Yeah. And and so when he said yes, I was like, okay, great. And then I didn't hear from him for a long time. And then I was at um, a show at the Ryman and I ran into his manager. And she came up to me and she was like, Kane really loves this song. He really wants to be a part of it. I was like, Send it. Okay. Yeah. Well, here's the stems. Put something on it. Nothing. <laughs> the next thing I'm getting a message from my A&R being like, hey, so um, Kane is in the studio right now. He's going to send the vocal over now. That was probably like four months later. I was like, 
It happens when it happens. Okay. You know, I'm not one. And so meanwhile, my management's freaking out, not knowing what's going on and wants me to bother him to get more answers. And I'm like, if he wants to do it, he's going to do it. Yeah, there's an If he organic... doesn't want to do it, I'm not going to keep just knocking on this person's door. Yeah, there's like there is like a feel, right? Yeah. To how you do things. Yeah. And in music, there is an organic nature to like yeah. how things happen. Yeah. And we could talk about it for three years and then yeah. it happens, or we could talk about it and do it the next day. Yeah. It's hard to say when a song's supposed to be. Yeah. When it's supposed to be born. Yeah. And this was like in 2022. Okay. So and we're in 2023 now, almost the end of it. So it took like a year and a half for this whole process to happen. But we finally got it out. We shot the music video and it is just... And we sound so great together. So when I you got- You guys sound good together. I, you just never know. You never know how voices are are going to sound, but it was like a great, like our voices meshed really well together. And and I was just so excited and it organically happened. The music video was awesome. And we had his video director and videographer shoot the video. And it had this really cool, like old town, star is born kind of a feel. Yeah. And and it just really turned out great. But then you have to think about it. We're both on different labels. I'm on UMG. He's on Sony. Right. So the legal part was like. It's litigious. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, can it take a was long time. just like. Everyone's arguing over who oh gets my God. on the back of it. And, yes. Yeah. And trying to get Randy to finally say yes. He's, you know, he's chairman of sony nashville so getting him to say yes like, come on it randy was like i know like i i mean we were all going from all sides like just trying to get an answer from him and he finally said yes and and here we are you ever just want to call randy go randy listen dude i understand yes but let's make this happen yes what can we do yes That's but there's what, all this ways of doing things there's a lot of people like, in between Oh my God. It seemed like it was like such an easy thing. It's like, oh great, you'll have this song out together. It was like a year and a half process. Yeah. I'm glad they worked it out. Yeah. Because it's a great song. Yeah, it is. It is. Do you have another one in mind? Do you are you like, what's the next one? Uh next song? Yeah. Oh, I have what's a whole the next dream. I have a whole album of things. I've actually started getting into acting too. Oh, great. Yeah. I'm a little actress, which is something that's really awesome. Like I'm releasing a short film that was a passion project. Cool. But it was by the people, some of the people that do The Mandalorian. And yeah. it's a it's a short film that they're working on getting it into Sundance. What's it about? It's called The Principal. And it is a, a movie about cyberbullying, which is huh. actually very um, close to me because I have been cyberbullied and it's a pretty traumatic thing when that does happen. It's scary. But yeah, and I'm the principal and so there was one kid that was like the hot white jock dude, right? Right. And he comes through the door in the Bardo State. And then another guy comes in the Bardo State, which his, he was Asian. So it, it really said a lot because of all the Asian hate right. that has been happening mm -hmm. throughout the pandemic. So there was a specific lesson. And he could be gay. You weren't sure. So it right. just represented a lot of things. So he comes through the door. And they're like, why am I here? And what they start seeing in the Bardo state were all of these social media posts mm. that I, like it's like it looks like it's just in the air. I guess right. you could say it's, but it's on a big screen. Right. And so you see all these social media posts of this guy 
bullying people. And some specifically were to the Asian guy. And what right. you find out is he ends up committing suicide. Mm. And he committed suicide because of this guy and all the cyberbullying he was having. And then the father comes in. And so what you find out in my movie was that the white kid that was bullying the Asian kid was actually bullied by his father. Right. And then you find out that his father was then bullied by his alcoholic mother. So it's an all chain of event, chain of reaction. The and generational. So yeah, the generational curse, really. Yeah. And so you're showing them break that and you they understand that and they see that they have to forgive not only the bully, because you have to forgive the bully because you don't understand and you don't know what happened to him in his life, which goes back to what we were talking about earlier with cyberbullying and people that are so mean in the world and whatever. And you have to ask like what happened to them, which is crazy, but this is what that film is. I think those the kinds of things are great. Yeah. Because it got, does give you perspective. Yes. To help you understand why someone would be so uh, terrible. Yeah. So what are you going to do next? Well, you know, I'm going to continue TV? putting out music. Yes, I would love to do some film and television. I'm going to finish this album. Hopefully it will be out by next summer. That is my my goal, as we know. Great. Just really awesome. enjoy talking to you. That Truly. Great. It's been, you're, you're a badass. We'll see you uh, down time. the road. Yeah. I'll come to a show. Absolutely. I'd love that. Awesome. No Thanks, Vicky. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Artist Friendly. If you really liked it, you can follow, like, subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Amazon. We appreciate your support and we'll see you next time. Bad time.